You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our couch. Take a seat. It's time for therapy. Movie therapy. I'm Rafer Guzman, film critic for Newsday. And I'm Kristen Meinzer, culture critic and co-author of How to Be Fine. In each episode of Movie Therapy, we offer up questionable advice and solid movie and TV recommendations for whatever ails you. Please note, we are not real therapists, but we are real TV and movie critics. And even though we're in the midst of a global pandemic, we do even go to the movies once in a while, social distance style. Yes, I was just at a drive-in theater a few days ago, Rafer, watching Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Park, the best. Uh, (laughs) Me, I was uh, staring at my neighbor's apartment yesterday while he watched Titanic. (laughs) Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding about that. Kind of feels like that, though, these days. Yes, yes, it does. Ah, But enough about us. Shall we get to our first letter, Rafer? Yes, indeed. All right, I'll read this one. It comes from someone who asks that we call her Head in the Clouds. And I like that. We've got a, we've got a creative uh, a pen name now. Yes, yes. All right. Head in the Cloud says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I'm a college student, and I won't be moving back to school in the fall because of COVID. I'm living in my parents' house, and my family is wonderful, but what 20-year-old wants to be stuck doing schoolwork in their childhood bedroom for an extended period of time? On top of that, I loathe the more technical side of my studies. I'm majoring in architecture because I love the visual arts, but I hate the seemingly worthless math and physics classes I have to take, lectures about the properties of steel, and comments from professors asking, how economical is this design? (laughs) I would love a movie recommendation to help me stay motivated during all this, preferably with a leading woman who holds on to her dreams of creativity in a world that doesn't make it easy to. Uh, Well, Rafer, up until now, we've heard from a few parents who've talked about, you know, the challenges of parenting with COVID. But I cannot imagine being a young adult student who is used to living away from home. Right. And suddenly, it's a different life. Now you're a kid again. Oh, man. I have no idea of what you were doing clouds. Maybe you were, you know, holding down a job and school. And maybe you were dating. Maybe you were having sex. Maybe you were doing drugs. Maybe you were having a grand old time. (laughs) And it's hard to do all those things during a pandemic in your parents' house. Whose college experience are we talking about here? I just want to, clar- I just want to clarify that. 
<laughs> Not me or you, Rafer. We were so well behaved. Oh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, you know, just remember how fun it was to be out on your own for the first time, just, you know, out in the world, meeting new people, meeting new friends at college. God, it was so fun. You're right. And then to be back in that bedroom. Yeah, that'd be pretty tough. I have to I have to agree. Yeah, I mean, I loved my Nana. I've mentioned on the show before, she was like my best friend. And I would yep. occasionally go back for a weekend or, you know, sleep over and have some of her cooking. But it's one thing to go back and hang out with Nana and drink wine coolers and party. And by party, <laughs> I mean, watch Cheers reruns on TV. Um, and it's quite another to be stuck there day after day, week after week, month after month. Boy, boy, I, f- I feel for you, Clouds. I mean, yeah. I hope, I think the whole world hopes that this pandemic will not last forever. Hopefully, by the time you graduate, you will not be with your parents anymore. I I hope that's the case. I hope so, too. But until then, we wish you strength and fortitude yes. in everything that's happening. And and we have a couple of recommendations for you. Rafer, I want to hear yours first. All right. Well, I chose a movie called Big Eyes from 2014, which Yay. I'm pretty sorry. Yeah, you saw this, right, Kristen? Yes, yes. I, I love this movie. I love I it. I do too. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Now, okay, so if you don't know this movie, uh, this is the true story of Margaret Keene, the artist uh, played by Amy Adams. Uh, she was a painter during the 1960s, and she's the one who made all those strange paintings of the sad little waifs, sad little children with the gigantic, gigantic eyes that take up like a third of their face. And <laughs> sometimes they're crying. Sometimes they're just staring at you. I think there's some kitties involved uh, <laughs> yes. in some of them. Um, yeah, and these things became uh, unexpectedly just incredibly popular, like Warhol popular. And the art critics were horrified. They just thought this was total trash. They couldn't figure out why America was snapping these things up. But at the time, nobody knew she was the artist because she was painting these canvases, but her husband was taking all the credit. So here's a scene with Christoph Waltz, the great Christoph Waltz, as that lying husband, and Jason Schwartzman as a disgusted gallery owner. Why are their eyes so big? Like big stale jelly beans. It's expressionism. Surely you recognize it. So what do you say? I say no, it's not art. It's not art. It's like the back of a magazine. You know, draw the turtle, send in a nickel, win the big contest. How dare you? Lots of people will like this. Well, nobody who's walking through the doors of this gallery. Now, please, clear out the clutter before the taste police arrive. Rafer, did I ever tell you that I had imitation Keens in my first childhood bedroom? Oh, wow. <laughs> imitation Keens. I love it. I mean, they weren't real Keens. They weren't paintings. I think they were right. prints that were in a frame or something. But That's how most people had them. Yeah. I remember I remember just staring at those giant yeah. eyes, staring That's at so them. funny. Who bought those for you? And to a two-year-old, they were a work of art. <laughs> yeah, but, right. you know. Exactly. Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, I'm old enough to remember those, too. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, and here's why I chose uh, Big guys, you know, because in this story, and this is, again, a story that um, I, you know, I did not know really until the movie came out and I started looking into it. But after all these paintings had sold, after all the money had been made, Margaret decides to do two things. One, she proves in a court of law that she painted these things. She has to stand up and say that I'm the one who did this. And 
The second thing is she has to be brave enough to do that. She has to be brave enough to stand up for her own art, even though everybody has just mocked and belittled and trashed her paintings for years. She's the one who has to stand up and say, I I did these. They came from inside me and, and I'm calling them art. This is my creativity. Whatever you want to call it, fine, but it's my art and I own it. And I think that's a brave thing to do. Um, you know, the world uh, did not uh, look kindly on these things. And it's funny, this movie didn't really, it was not a big hit. And I think critics were like a little bit lukewarm on it. I don't know why. I don't know either, because I know that both you and I liked it. Yeah, I think you and I both liked it. I loved it. I'm pretty sure it was on my top 10 list for that year. Um, it was. I remember was vividly that that was, right. that was like in the top five for that year, if I'm not mistaken. You loved this movie. I just, I I really did. I fell for it. It just, it looks great. The costumes look fantastic. The sets are great. All those great sort of 60s costumes and sets. Oh, um, it looks so good. Yeah. Oh, man. And, and Tim Burton, you wouldn't really know that Tim Burton directed it, but I think he does a really nice job of it. You know, and it's a fun way, I think, to address a deep question about what's the nature of art and who gets to say. Anyway, I think it's a great movie. I love that recommendation, Rafer. I think that's a fantastic recommendation. Oh, good. Kristen, what about you? All right. I'm going in a different direction. I am going to prescribe Head in the Clouds, a movie that kind of turns your question on its ear. You are a college student who now has to live with the parents. But imagine turning the tables. Let's say a parent has to live with her college kid and be part of college life. That is the premise of a movie called Life of the Party, starring Melissa McCarthy. It came out in 2018. Oh. <laughs> Rafer, you're laughing Kristen. because you love this movie, right? You loved it. I hated this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, I'll shut up. I'm going to shut up. Kristen, keep going. Keep going. All right. Well, Melissa McCarthy, she's a middle-aged woman. She dropped out of college many, many years ago, got married, you know, did the mom thing. And now she's going back to college to start anew. And along the way, we see her trying her best against the odds to, you know, fit into the social structures at school to deal with the arbitrary rules. For example, she is an archaeology major. Why does she have to be good at public speaking? Why? Because that's part of college and she just has to do it. And and you see her dealing with these kinds of things, head in the clouds, that you're probably feeling like, why do I have to do this thing that has nothing to do with my major? But she soldiers on and she comes out on the other side. She is happy along the way also. I just want to note that because some of the things she's dealing with are not particularly happy, but she manages to stay happy. She somehow manages to have hot sex. She manages to win dance-offs. She manages to have a great time, even though... Everything is kind of set up against her. And in the end, she and her daughter, you might think, oh, the tension of being in college together might ruin their relationship, but it doesn't. They come out on the other side fine, too. Spoiler, they do. Uh, I'm going to play a clip right now. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Deanna Miles, would you get us started, please? Now you're going to knock our socks off. Uh, Deanna Miles is going to start us off, everybody. Uh, lights? No. Oh. Oh, I didn't expect that. Hello? I'm here... I'm too loud, too loud. I'm here to discuss not an exciting find, but rather an exciting truth. 
a tomb allegedly that had many human skeletons and many various different kinds of horse skeletons, i.e. carcasses. Are there any questions? Go! Dana? No. Okay. Miss Miles! Miss Miles! D-Rock! How did I do? Girl, you sweat through your pants. Oh no, I love these pants. Kristen, this is the one where Melissa McCarthy um, has the young college dude who's all hot for her, right? Oh he yeah. Keeps, he mm-hmm. keeps coming yeah. over and she keeps having to fend him off. And that, yep. Yep. that, I, that was the only thing I thought was uh, funny about this movie. It's so well played. It's not ever done in a way where it's making fun of her age or her size or anything. He's just hot for her. And I really like the way the movie does that. Yeah, it's a great thing about Melissa McCarthy. She's really good at that. Um, You know, I think the problem with this movie is it's directed by Ben Falcone, her husband. And when when the two of those guys get together, I find I think Melissa McCarthy is a talent extraordinaire. I just think she can be so fantastically funny. But the movie she's made with with Ben Falcone, they just I think that's Tammy. Uh, Life of the Party. There's one other one that I'm forgetting, but um, who I don't know. I'm, I'm... They're not spy. I I will admit it. Like none of those are as good as spy. They're right. They're not spy. They're not, they're not the Heat. Yes. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. Oh, I don't know, Kristen. I don't know about that one. But all right, I get your point. I get your point. You get my point, though. You get my point. You know, I'm prescribing it. And head in the clouds. I think you will actually get something out of this. The movie, I think, reminds us that even when things aren't the way we expect them to be. We can still learn. We can still grow. And maybe our relationships can even grow stronger from that. And I think you will laugh. I think you'll laugh. I admit, I admit I laughed. Good. All right. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Once again, our recommendations are from me, Big Eyes, and from Kristen, Life of the Party. All right. We're going to take a quick break. But before we do, a reminder we love it when you rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts. We love those five stars. Uh, for example, X Ashes to Ashes X recently gave us five stars and wrote, <laughs> my favorite podcast. I stumbled upon this podcast whilst looking for something new. Rafer and Kristen are so personable and always provide great recommendations. They make me smile. If you love movies, you will love movie therapy. Thanks so much, X Ashes to Ashes X. What a name! My, here's my question: Are you uh, are you a David Bowie fan? Is that the is that the reference, or are you just a goth? And is there a difference? Uh, anyway, it's thank you very much. It means a lot to us uh, that we are your favorite podcast. That's great. Means the world to us. All right, stay with us. When we're back, we have someone who's ready to stop fitting in and start standing out. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or call she, the police. Or call the police, I should have, <laughs> exactly. 
quickly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then from beneath the Hollywood sign is the gin joint for you. Hey, Matt, did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. We're back with our second letter of the week. This one is from Michael. Take it away, Kristen. Michael says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I'm in my late 30s, Latino, gay, and just got out of an eight-year relationship last December, just before the pandemic started. Since I was young, it seems that I've always tried fitting in, and just in the last couple of years, I'm really trying to change that. For a long time, I've struggled with self-acceptance, being comfortable in my own skin, being gay, being brown and whether I've been good enough. I've sought the approval of others, and this made me feel good, but only temporarily. My lack of strong connections has become more apparent during this pandemic, which makes me think that part of it has to do with not being my authentic self. Any movie or TV recommendations for my situation would be greatly appreciated. Okay, Michael, I like this letter a lot. I want to say, first off, I think you have a level of insight here that is miles ahead of many people, myself included. And um, me. <laughs> and you? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I just, I feel like you've really, you know, here, this is, when, when, when we were looking at this letter, this is what really stood out to me. I'm going to repeat it, where you say, Michael, I've sought the approval of others. This made me feel good, but only temporarily. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've pretty much nailed something very deep and very profound there. Um, you know, you've got a handle on what's bothering you. You kind of know that there's something you're doing wrong and you're trying to get a grip on it. And I just think, uh, I think that's not just the first step. I think you're, I think you're several steps in to, uh, to solving this problem. That's what I would say. Oh yeah. And I've said it on this show before. I will say it again. I wasted way too many years, like all through my tens, teens, twenties, thirties. Oh boy. Really, yeah. really just worrying too much about what other people thought of me. And, you know, looking back on that, I'm like, damn, I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot <laughs> yeah. of time. And on the one hand, I'm hard on myself about that. Like, why did you waste all those years, Kristen? But then on the other, I've come to realize so many of us do that. And I think that's just part of our growth process. It's not something to beat ourselves up about. It's just yeah. learning how to balance how can I be myself and still be 
a civilized member of society. <laughs> right. How can I have relationships that are loving, but that I'm not giving up too much of myself? And I think all of this is just part of learning. And we don't need to be mean to ourselves about it. We don't need recrimination. We don't need to think we screwed it all up. I, I think it's just part of growth. And Michael, it sounds like you get it. It sounds like you get it way more than a lot of us do. Some people will be in their 50s, 60s, 70s and never get to what you just said there. So I think you're well on your way. You're definitely on your way. And Rafer and I are thrilled for you. We're so glad you wrote to us. And we have a couple of movies that we hope speak to you. Kristen, you you go first. I want to hear what your recommendation is for this. Okay. I am offering a TV show that has many, many seasons. So, okay. uh, Michael, you can spend days and weeks watching this if you like. The show is called Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It's a situation comedy on NBC. Yep. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's an ensemble multicultural comedy taking place at the fictional Brooklyn Nine-Nine precinct. I live a block and a half from the building where they shoot the exteriors, by the way. Oh. Um, and in addition to all the standard wacky workplace adventures, the show also centers on a variety of lovable characters and their relationships with each other. And heading up the precinct is Captain Raymond Holt. He is black. He is gay. He is married to Kevin, who is a professor. Uh, the two of them are as buttoned up and as poker faced as can be. The show also includes a queer Latina character named Rosa Diaz, who's tough as nails. Uh, she doesn't come out until season six. And eventually she begins a hilarious romance with a character named Jocelyn. So you have two relationships there, one of an older married couple, they're in their late 50s, they've been together forever. And then you have someone who's coming out later in life in her late 30s on the show. So you get a few different examples of what it can mean to be brown and queer. Here's a clip. Okay, quick update on the Warren Street break-in. Security cameras caught a picture of the suspect, and guess what? That's right, we got a hot purple alert. Bam, 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 bam. I'd like to bring that guy to justice. We all would. But unfortunately, police cornered him, and he shot himself in the face. All right, thank you for that shockingly dark update. Anything else? Uh, yes. Something I'd like to say. I'm a pretty private person, so this is kind of hard for me, but here we go. I'm bisexual. All right. I will now field one minute and zero seconds of questions pertaining to this. Go. Amy. How long have you known? Since seventh grade. I was watching Saved by the Bell and I thought, Zach Morris is hot. And then I thought, Lisa Turtle, also hot. The fact that the words Kelly and Kapowski didn't just come out of your mouth is lunacy. What made you decide to tell us now? Charles found out on the road trip and I was positive he was not going to be able to keep the secret for much longer. So are you seeing anyone now? Yeah. Her name's Tiffany. Are you lying about her name so we won't look her up? Yes, I am. Next. Do you know Anne Heche? I do. Ooh. I must say this is going considerably better than when I came out to my colleagues. They were not, as the kids say, Awake. Do you mean woke? I did mean woke, but it's grammatically incoherent. Okay, we have time for one more question. No! <laughs> nope, absolutely not. We're done. You know, I never knew that about the show, that it had uh, prominent gay characters. I've seen little bits and pieces of the show. Um, it did not seem quite like my cup of tea, um, although I do kind of like uh, Andy Samberg. And, um, but I did not know that about this show. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned Andy Samberg. He is ostensibly the star of the show, but it really is such a well-done ensemble that everybody gets their own arcs. Everybody gets their own complications. Hmm. Everybody is in all sorts of ways very fleshed out, especially for a situation comedy. And the reason I'm recommending it is that the characters 
are all of those things. They're not just stereotypes. They are not just gay characters. They're also cops. They're also friends. There are lots of other things. So their gayness is very much a part of them, but it's not the only part of them. And here's where I really want to speak to you, Michael. They are not trying to please anybody. If you look at Holt and you look at Rosa, Hmm. you don't see people who are just trying to please everyone around them. They're trying to honor themselves. And sometimes the not trying to please others, sometimes that gets in their way. But more often than not, it allows them to just be their truest, most genuine selves. And you can do the same thing, Michael. You don't have to please everybody all the time. Maybe people will think that you're to this or to that, but who cares? Be who you are, live your life. All that matters at the end of the day is that you're decent, you're kind, and you're kind especially to yourself. Be who you are. We're cheering for you, Michael. I totally agree. You're 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 making me want to uh, give this uh, series a second shot. It's also hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. It's that's just good. a really well-written, funny, funny show. That's good. That's great. I love it. It's great. Pour yourself a martini and watch this, Reefer. You're gonna love it. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> but Reefer, I I want to know what you're gonna recommend. All right. Well, uh, Kristen, I was uh, slightly unkind to your recommendation. The uh, the last segment. Uh, this might be your chance uh, to get back at me <laughs> because I'm going to recommend to Michael. The 1963 Jerry Lewis classic, The Nutty Professor. You said Jerry Lewis. You know how I feel about Jerry Lewis. And then, if I'm not mistaken, I was groaning over you, but did you say The Nutty Professor? Yes, I did. Ah, Rafer. Yes. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you doing this to Michael? I'm going to be the film critic that recommends a Jerry Lewis movie (sighs) to a young, sophisticated gay man. What can I tell you? Uh, All right, Michael, Michael, if you're still with us, hear me out. All right. You this movie is an extremely famous movie. You may know the setup. I'm going to repeat it anyway for those of you that don't. Uh, Jerry Lewis plays a college science professor. Uh, His name is Julius Kelp. He's the classic nerd with the Coke bottle lenses, uh, the the giant buck teeth, the nasal voice, no social skills. Uh, He's fallen in love with one of his students, Stella, played by Stella Stevens. We can pause here to note that in 1963, nobody thought that was a bad thing. Everyone thought that was adorable. What can you do? Uh, Anyway, so it's clear that Stella is never going to fall for a nerd like Kelp, so he invents a potion that will give him charm and confidence, and it goes a little overboard. He takes it, gags, chokes, falls to the floor. When he wakes up, he's become this guy named Buddy Love, a swaggering, cocky, rude hard-drinking, chain-smoking ladies' man. Basically, he's turned into Dean Martin. And now, (laughs) in this new persona, he thinks he has the confidence he needs to win Stella's hand. Here is one of my favorite scenes. Hold it a second. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. We'll make our own music, gorgeous. Just hold it. You and you stay. Tubby, you go rest your thumbs. I'll drive. Sweetie, go get your lips pressed. Split. Well, you, listen. you listen, sit down here, and if you listen, you'll be thrilled. Believe you me. Sit and listen and watch. Mood is wrong. Mood is wrong. Innkeeper. Got sexy lights? Lay it on me. Better. Better. Now watch, baby. Every move a picture. Has me in its spell. Nobody can hear me shaking my head. Rafer can see me shaking my head. I can see it. I can see it. Listen. 
Why, Rafer? This, why? Why? I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. All right. Um, this is considered Jerry Lewis's best movie. And before you say that's not saying much, I do want to <laughs> say. I was about to say that, yes. <laughs> I know, I know, I know you were. But it is also considered one of the great movies. You will find this on many uh, all-time great lists out there. Um, Jerry Lewis is fantastic, I think, in both roles. Movie looks great. It's shot in Technicolor. All, it's, all the colors really pop. The sets are great. The, the costumes are also really great. But here's one of the reasons that I, I decided to recommend this to Michael, partly because I thought it might be a movie that a young gay man would not have seen. Um, and regardless of your sexuality, you know, Michael, you didn't really say whether or not you'd been closeted. Uh, maybe you're talking about something different. Maybe you're talking about, um, you know, being in a gay culture, uh, an aspect of gay culture that you don't fit into. Or, you know, I'm not really sure if you're necessarily talking about feeling uh, that you've been in the closet or not. But regardless of that, and sort of what you're really talking about in terms of fitting in, this is a really primal, primal story. I just think when you get down to it, it gets to the heart of the single insecurity that we all have, which is, I'm not good enough for anyone to love. And that's kind of really what it all boils down to. And I will just say, even if you're not a Jerry Lewis fan, his closing speech in this movie, when he's unmasked in front of everybody and everyone realizes who he really is, he delivers the speech that I have always found really, really moving and um, very effective. And it's always stuck with me. So look, maybe you're thinking, oh my God, Jerry Lewis, but I'm telling you, it's it's worth seeing, and I think the message will sink in. Reefer, you almost got me there. <laughs> almost. <laughs> almost. All we do want is to be loved, right? I love, I love what you said there. But then all it's... the other words that came out of your mouth. <laughs> don't, I don't know. Reefer. The Lewis and the Jerry that you probably didn't like. Okay, well, look. <laughs> <sighs> well, whether I like it or not, that's your recommendation. Again, The Nutty Professor, the original 1963 version from Rafer, and from me, the TV show Brooklyn Nine-Nine. All right, we're going to take another quick break. But before we do, do you need some movie therapy? Visit our website, raferandkristen.com, and fill out the contact form. You don't have to use your real name. Yes, and if you haven't already, join the conversation on our Facebook community. That's facebook.com slash groups slash Rafer and Kristen. The movie lovers there are some of the nicest movie lovers you'll ever meet. I totally agree. All right, when we're back, we have our What Should I Watch Next letter of the week. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, and it's time for this week's What Should I Watch Next Letter. Rafer, take it away. All right. This one is from Stephanie. She says, Dear Rafer and Kristen, I am 35 years old, and I love cartoons. My most watched shows are Avatar The Last Airbender, Dragon Prince, and Miraculous Ladybug. These have been getting me through the pandemic ickiness, but after the third or fourth watch through, I need something new. 
something that gives me hope but isn't too hard on my brain after a long Zoom-filled workday. Please help. Stephanie, this this is great. I think you're the first person who's written in uh, saying that you're a cartoon fan. I think that's right. And I got to be honest with you, um, other than The Last Airbender, I'm not super familiar with your... Um, picks here. Um, Rafer, are you familiar with all of these? Uh, really only glancingly. The Last Airbender is uh, like a Japanese anime, you know, traditional yes. ink and pen, uh, ink and paint. Um, Miraculous Ladybug and Dragon Prince are both uh, CGI. And I think uh, Miraculous Ladybug, I think, is very, uh, very kid oriented. I think that's like a real a real kid show. It's kind of cute that Stephanie is uh, is really into it. But <laughs> I, I am a huge, huge animation fan, always have been ever since I was a kid. Um, I used to kind of dream of being an animator. And when I got my first Super 8 camera, the first thing I did was a stop motion animation with a little bendable Mickey Mouse that I had. Um, I'm a big animation fan. Uh, anytime, anytime there's good animation that comes out in a given year and it's good enough to go on my top 10, I'm always very, very happy. And that's rare. Oh, that's great. Well, I'm glad that one of us is an animation person today, <laughs> Rafer, because, because Stephanie, that's what you deserve. It would not be fair if neither Rafer nor I were big animation people, but Rafer, you are. So that means you must have a good recommendation for Stephanie. What is it? I think I do. And I'm rather proud of this one. This is a... a little curio, very obscure, from 1967 called Jack and the Witch. It's a favorite old movie of mine. I saw it as a kid uh, on the great TV station KTLA in Los Angeles, hosted by Tom Hatton, who was, uh, he was like a, he was kind of like before Turner Classic Movies, there was Tom Hatton on KTLA. Mm. You know, he'd show old movies and talk about them and have guests. He was, he was like my first film professor in a way. Anyway, uh, that's how I saw Jack and the Witch. And it's this very odd little film from uh, Toei Animation, the Japanese studio. Um, you know, if Studio if Studio Ghibli does all the high art stuff like Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro, uh, the Toei Animation is more the kind of commercial sort of pop kind of stuff. They also do the Transformers, the new Transformers oh, yes, cartoons of course. in the eighties, right? Um, anyway, just to set the scene for you, it's a it starts for some strange reason with a retelling of Beowulf uh, using stained glass. And then uh, sort of veers left and introduces us to its proper story about this little boy. He's, I think he's like eight or nine named Jack, uh, who lives by himself in a house, kind of Pippi Longstocking style with his animal friends, Barnaby Bear and Phineas Fox and Squeaker Mouse. And they all ride around in a Model T for whatever reason. And uh, one day Jack meets this girl named Allegra. She's on a flying machine and she's kind of appealing. She's pretty and sassy and she's kind of gothy. And she leads them all back to a castle that turns out to be a trap. It's the home of the evil Queen Ariana, who turns children into little harpies to be her slave. And it looks like Jack might meet the same fate. Ha! You're no match for my helicopter. Mm-hmm. You keep quiet, you furry traitor. Anyway, it wasn't a fair race. You had a head start. Next time, I'll win. Admit it, I won. Hey, Jack's car, I bet. Huh. Well, I might be able to arrange it. I bet you'd like a ride, too. You go ahead and take them for a ride. Because, actually, 
Flying around in the sky wouldn't interest me very much. You just won't admit you want to ride, right? You're stubborn because my helicopter beat you. Come on. You'll enjoy it. Hop on, Jack. I... I, I love this movie. I wouldn't recommend it to just anyone. I do think you have to be an animation fan to appreciate it. It's, it's very odd. It's, it's kind of cutesy, but it's kind of surreal and a little bit nightmarish. Um, and it's got, this, it's got this strangely fraught romance between Jack and Allegra, these little kids. And it's like they seem to really yearn for each other, but Allegra's evil. She's got silver hair and little fangs, and Jack has to, like, break through to her and find the real girl inside her. That really stuck with me uh, when I was a kid. I think it I think it might have set the tone for a lot of the women I was attracted to later in my life, <laughs> frankly. Uh, anyway, for, for many years, this was very hard to find, but it's on Amazon Prime. Um, and Amazon Prime knows that this is a cult movie because they're charging $5.99 for a rental, which is high. So they know that there's a group of people out there that will pay for it. But uh, if you're an animation fan, I think it's worth it. Wow. That sounds great, Rafer. And it sounds like a really good match for uh, what she's already watching. Yeah, Stephanie, if you, if you watch it, uh, and listen, even if you hate it, Stephanie, if you watch it, get back to us on Facebook and let me know what you think. Yes, yes, do that. But Kristen, I want to hear from you as a, non, a non-animation fan, not that you hate it, but just, you know, what, what's your recommendation? I am recommending She-Ra and the Princesses of Power. It's a 2018 Netflix series based on the 1985 TV series, She-Ra, Princess of Power. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with this, Rafer? I remember She-Ra, but I didn't actually even know that they had uh, rebooted it. Yes, yes. And it's really high end. It's produced by DreamWorks Animation Television. Oh, wow. And it tells the story of Adora, a teenager who can transform into the heroine She-Ra. And right. she leads a group of other magical princesses in a rebellion against the evil Lord Hordick and his horde. <laughs> and I'm just going to play a clip, and then I'm going to tell you more about this. Everybody! I know the legend of the warrior called She-Ra. They said she would return to us in the hour of our greatest need. There's something you should know. Horde soldier! I know you have no reason to trust me, but I'm ready to fight to stop the Horde. The rebellion accepts your allegiance. She-Ra, princess of power. That's the coolest name I've ever heard. Catra, what are you doing here? Come on, let's go home already. I'm not going home. The Horde is evil. They've been lying to us. You have to help me. What happened to you? I'm sorry, Catra. She's just like every other princess. All sparkle, no substance. I had friends uh, in the 80s who were um, uh, big She-Ra fans. We were, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of them were really into She-Ra and, of course, the Thundercats as well. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. She-Ra, you know, you love that girl power. Yeah. You, you love the cute outfit. And She-Ra <laughs> has it here, too. But I also want to say that unlike the old She-Ra, this character is a little bit more kick-ass. She reminds me a little bit more of the Divergent series character played by Shailene Woodley. You know who I'm talking about, Rafer? Yes, I do. Yes, I've yes. seen them all. She's very fierce. She knows how to fight. She's not just a pretty princess with a sword. Um, she is smart. And also, this is interesting, she and her best friend, Katra, have such a weird relationship. It kind of reminds me of what you were saying in your suggestion, Jack and the Witch, of like, is she a good person, a bad person? Ah. But there's something like really interesting about this friendship between these two girls that seems 
very true to life, very complicated, at times very just like, you guys are terrible to each other. Oh, you guys love each other, you know? Um, and, And I just think that's fantastic. And the show has received so much critical acclaim. In 2019, it was nominated for a GLAAD Media Award for Outstanding Kids and Family Program. Oh, wow. It also uh, was nominated for the Daytime Emmy Award. um, And it has an incredibly diverse cast. The girls are so smart in this. And I think it'll also scratch that same itch as Avatar The Last Airbender. It it really is fun to watch some kick-ass, some smartness, some magic, all of it in one place. Oh, that sounds great. I'll, uh, I'll see if I can get one of my, uh, I'll see if I can get my youngest kid to watch that. Uh, he's a big animation fan too. So that sounds great. I think that's a great recommendation. So once again, our recommendations from Kristen, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, and from me, Jack and the Witch. And Rafer, I guess that's it then for this week's episode of Movie Therapy. I know. I always feel like it goes by so fast. Yeah, it goes by so fast, just like a good movie. Well, listeners, please don't hesitate to reach out. If you need some questionable advice and solid movie recommendations, you know where to find us. You can use the contact form on our website, raferandkristen.com. Again, you don't have to use your real name. You can call yourself Hordick. <laughs> Anything you like. <laughs> yes. You can also write to us at raferandkristen at gmail.com or tweet us at rafergusman and at Kristen Meinzer. And one more reminder to please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows and tell your friends about our show. It really does help a lot and they'll appreciate it. I guarantee you. Yes, yes. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Rafer Guzman. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye.